And welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast. I am so glad to have all of you joining us here as we are recording live from Austin, Texas. And I'm your host, Pastor Plex. And joining me in studio today is none other than Nicole Super Trooper Troop. Welcome back, Nicole. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Still not going to mention anything about her dating life. Oh All right, uh, James Foster, <laughs> who is the church planner of Taylor Bible Church, launching in September. Glad to have you back as well. Happy to be here. And then uh, none other than Lieutenant Tim Chancellor, who's coming from a police department near you and also works with one of our favorite people, Pastor Officer Grayson. So glad to have you back with us. We're going to be talking about leadership and specifically change management. Because if, if you're asking me, what is leadership? It's all about change management. And, and here's what I mean by that. If you were just sort of like given life and not, you didn't have to like, lean into something for something to change, then there is no need for a leader. A leader is the one who's going to like um, set direction. And when the organization gets off course, has to veer it back. And that's going to create some change because we, I think we naturally drift. Hmm. So Tim, I want, I want you to talk about just this from maybe your perspective in just uh, leading men and women uh, in a police department. Uh, and, and has there ever been anything that's changed in the police department? Oh, absolutely. How often does change come about uh, in your world? Only in days that end in Y. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Can you, is, is there anything that comes to mind that you're able to talk about that has been a change maybe in the past, I don't know, 10 years or so that you've had to shift that was do things one way and then another whatever information came out or, hey, do it one way, then men and women drifted until they were no longer doing the thing and you had to bring them back on course. I think one of the, so just with a little bit of background, I started in 2003. Yep. So I'm coming up on 20 years uh, in this profession, which has been absolutely a blast. Learn every day. But one of the big changes in this last 20 years has been this expectation of like de-escalation, mm. right? Now, it's something that I think we all knew about, we thought about was something that we had tried, but it really has become an expectation as we interact with members of the community that are not following the instructions or the commands of the officers, that when time allows, do we, we, we give folks this opportunity to try to bring them back down mm -hmm. as we interact with them. And sometimes time does not allow. Sometimes you got to go. Uh, but that has been probably one of the, the biggest changes in the last 20 years. Mm. So when you're, when you're bringing this into a culture where folks have not, that's not been an expectation. Mm -hmm. It is helping folks understand that it is something we need to be doing. It's not just a buzzword. Right, because I think the value issue would be different. You take a salty old crotchety guy who's been in the police department for 30 years and he's like, he looks, you know, someone's not, they're black and white. You're not doing what you should be doing. I'm going to escalate to the highest level because I have complete authority to do that. And so to transform, Form that person or trans transform the way that person thinks has got to be super hard. It is. And it could, you know, and depending on the generation that they came into the profession, depending on, um, you know, that person's experiences, there's many different ways you can kind of walk, walk them through that. Yeah. Uh, for older people, it's, it's like, Hey man, you're, you're not young anymore. Mm -hmm. Getting into fights, you get hurt and other people get hurt. Right. Right. Uh, for the younger folks, it, uh, it, it may be just teaching them this as a foundational principle because they didn't know anything else, right? right? So this is just this is just how we do it. Um, so 
but it is, you know, that's just one small example, but um, in a profession that's constantly changing, every two years the legislature meets yeah. and they put new laws on the books. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so we have the opportunity- mm. uh, That's wild. To yeah, about. to change. And, and we have to adjust to that every two years. Is there any laws that you can think of that like, oh, that was a big shift like that came out, I don't know, recently or not recently, that made policing, I don't, know, I don't necessarily need to criticize like legislature, but just the, just the fact like this was hard. A hard shift was we did it this way and now we're doing it this way. Is there anything you can think of? Well, over the last 20 years, just the, uh, the stance on marijuana has changed. Okay, good. Right. Okay. Um, also the stance on handguns. Right. Um, there's a particular statute. It's a unlawful carrying of a weapon. And probably in 20 years, I think that statute has changed five or six times. Wow. So wow. it's just because that could get frustrating. It, it can be, and you, um, it is it is our responsibility in order to keep up with that stuff, you mm-hmm. know, as professional officers. But at the same time, there's this understanding, and you may not know it when you come in as a as a brand new officer. But if you're there a little bit, there's there's this acceptance that there is a group down in our capital that every couple of years they pass bills and things get changed, and then that goes into laws. And then we just have to adjust to that. Yeah, which is really hard. For me as a pastor, I've got one set of law that was written 2,000 years ago. Mm. Uh, and so I don't, you know, there's no adjusting. And, and so, and if things do adjust, it's probably because I'm wrong, right? Like, so I think that that is unbelievably difficult uh, because it's hard enough for me to know the Bible. And I'd probably say like the stack of laws that you guys have to know is probably equivalent. I don't know if there's like 613 plus the law of grace, but like, I don't know what you guys got for a number of laws, but I'm, I'm assuming just from pastor officer Grayson and his studying to be a police officer, uh, he was constantly studying on de-escalation, uh, different techniques, different laws about what a break-in is or aggravated assault or what all those things. And that's just a lot to know uh, for one person. And then when those things can change every so often, man, that's a lot. Yeah. And the academy is only six months, but the, it's a lifetime of learning. So, you know, when we talk about, and, and I'm sure you probably see this in the church world too, but one of the things we'll say is that, you know, cops don't like the way things are and they don't like to see change. So, <laughs> so we're, we're stuck in this purgatory, right, of how do we uh, move people through that change? Right. And there's some, there some things that I've done in the past that have been helpful, but I will tell you that this is, this is where I have an emotional struggle when it comes to leadership, especially let's say if it's a project or a policy or a procedure or something that we're going to be bringing in and I've been working through this project for six months and then we get to the point where we're going to roll it out. Many times I forget I've got a six-month head start on these folks and I expect them to be where I'm at right. 10 minutes after I've rolled this thing out. That is huge. Right? Because you've had a time to emotionally process all of that. Absolutely. And kind of there's anger, there's denial, there's frustration. Who, why would they say this? And then when you've processed that and you get to somebody else, you're expecting them to arrive right where you're at with all the processing you've done. And, and that's hard. So talk to me. This is good. I think this is the part of leadership change management that I don't think people see is the emotional processing of change and decisions, especially when a leader makes the decision. Usually you made this decision uh, through a process of you've seen something and maybe, because you very rarely do leaders who are successful just go, ah, we're doing this and flip it. It's, it's they've, they've processed, they've seen something, they know there's a need for change and then communicating that change and then implementing that change is way different than just seeing a need for it. Uh, so 
so I think that's the big struggle, at least in church world. And mm-hmm. I'm sure with police officers, it's even more so uh, because the, because you have people's lives on the line and the way that they've been doing something is now wrong, whatever that wrong is. Oh, man. So, <laughs> you know, and sometimes this is as simple as a tactic that maybe we have taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that's changed three or four times just in my 20 years has been the way that we clear a building. Mm-hmm. So the way that looks in municipal civilian law enforcement, absolutely different than the way it looks yeah. in the military, right? We're kicking indoors and just storming. Yeah, and, and maybe dropping a frag grenade in there, and then <laughs> or that, at least a flashbang. That that room is clear, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> so in the in the civilian application for this, there are um, there are many different ways to do it. There is not one that is specifically wrong, but like any tactic, there's a give and a get, and depending on the situation, would depend on how you want to use that tactic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels like we will get a new tactic and we'll get used to it and we'll really get good at it. Yep. And then they change that. And it's like, wait a minute. Or uh, what? that's the tactic we did 15 years ago. We went away from it and now we're going back to it. Right. Right. And so you have that angst, a little bit of that frustration, a little bit of like, well, if we'd have just left things where we were, then we, we, we wouldn't be dealing with it. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Uh, which I can also be guilty of myself. Right. Uh. In my flesh complaining of stuff like that. So, um, but there are um, there's a couple of things that I've I've tried to shepherd folks through when it comes to when I've dealt with my emotional piece to this, realizing that I'm frustrated because people aren't caught up to where I'm at. But as we try to shepherd them through that change, and the 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 first thing that we ask is or, or that I walk through with people is: Is it illegal? Mm-hmm. Is it unethical? Mm-hmm. Is it immoral? Mm-hmm. Does it violate policy, or is it unnecessarily unsafe? Right. That last one gets tricky. It does because for us, everything is inherently risky. Right. So there are just things that we do that are just dangerous. Right. But is it like unnecessarily dangerous? Right. So if if you look at those first five, right, uh, and if it's not a tactic, if we're talking about maybe like a, um, a direction change or we're thinking about like a new project or just something practically that we are going to do, you know, does it, does it ping one of those top five? Yeah. So if it doesn't ping one of those five, then... Do you have an acronym for that? I don't. <laughs> Tim, how are we going to remember it? Yes, yes. I, I, repetition, that's the way... Uh, and and I, that actually came to me from somebody else. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't create well, that. You did really well with rattling those off like it was nothing. Like we didn't. It's not like we had Tim prepped for the question. He just knew that. Right, go ahead. So the next piece after that is, um, and this goes to more like organizational core values, mission, and vision type stuff. Yeah. Is if we're considering to do something, we're making a change. Like, does this go against the organizational values that we have? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, the next piece is, does it conflict with the mission, with the vision? Yeah. Okay. If, if those things, if it doesn't ping the top five, mm-hmm. if it doesn't conflict with our core values and our mission and our vision, then the next question that we just have to wrestle with ourselves is, do I not like it because it's change? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And you have to communicate this. What you just said, I feel like it needs to be communicated early and often, which is probably why you have memorized it and know it so well. Because let me take it to my world for a second. I can tell you the one thing that every church on the planet wrestles with, right? Here's the thing that we don't like the way it is and we don't want to change. It's community groups or small groups or whatever you call them. Uh, the problem is childcare. Like, what do you do? It is always a problem 
because someone has to coordinate, someone has to pay for it. There's always an issue. And so you can, you'll like in every church, it's kind of like, we did it. Didn't we do it like this five years ago where we said, we're going to, we're going to centralize all childcare at the church. No, we're going to decentralize all childcare, put it on the uh, community group leaders to, or small group leaders to go and find childcare. We've gone back and forth, ping ponging all over the place, and it's trying to find a solution that uh, I feel like ever since the advent of Sunday school not being cool anymore, we've struggled with, and that's been hard. And I feel like that's where we wrestle with it. And I would love to hear Nicole from your perspective, Super Trooper Nicole, is that <laughs> like from your perspective, what is something in church world or maybe in from your corporate background where change is always about to come for something because it's net. I don't like the way it is, but I don't want to change. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always, coming from my corporate background, I've always seen this in like having to, like having to have stricter policies for like compliance purposes. Yeah. So I was in the health, the healthcare sphere for a really long, well, not really, a really long time to me. It was like six years. Forever. Um, (laughs) I, I'm under 30, so that feels like a long time. <laughs> Pretty much, you're dead. Um, <laughs> um, but so, and I, I mean, I worked in healthcare. So first of all, we have to deal with the FDA. And then one of the companies that I worked for is publicly traded, which means that we have to deal with stocks uh, compliance in the SEC. Oh, nice. And Yeah, it's not fun. Um, and I was in, you know, I was a, a buyer commodity manager. So I had to kind of like merge both fields because you deal with the FDA compliance, but you also, you're working with money. So yep. you have to do both. And having to communicate to the scientists why, why we care about like locking down the money is extremely difficult because they come from a very like this specific like frame of thinking and they don't understand why the money has to prevent what they buy or how fast they get it or whatever, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like, the finance people don't understand why we have to buy, like, really specific stuff that's really expensive right. mm-hmm. and why it has to be, like, that great. And so, like, juggling that, like, juggling, like, both people who don't understand each other and why we have to do the things that we do, especially when restrictions become more strict for whatever reason, you become bigger. One of your clinical trials like comes under fire by the FDA because there's been a, a death or something like right. that. Like that is always really hard to handle, um, especially when your leadership isn't supporting you. <laughs> so that's lots. Man, of fun. that seems like a lot. Okay, it's in church plant world, probably one of the biggest things. There's a lot of things, but a lot of things change in church plant world, which is. What's nice about small organizations, they can pivot a lot faster than larger ones. Um, but probably one of the things that you're, you're, you're dealing with, struggling with, trying to wrap your head around is venue for a church. And, and talk to me about the amount of change that you're having to process right now uh, on, a, on pretty much a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's about eight different types of work that I get involved in each day uh, that require a different hat to put on and different things to do. Uh, So securing a venue is definitely the first question that I get. Where are you going to meet? Where are you going to be? And so trying to figure that out. And that can uh, change because you're going to have really great ideas and that they're going to shift as you emotionally process, as you think through that. Uh, and that is one of the things that when you tell somebody, it's because what happens, you tell somebody something and it's not like solidified in rock mm-hmm. and then they go tell somebody else and then they feel like you lied to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Dude, it's really yeah. hard. We, we, you've got to hold things with an open hand for sure of, of like, this is what I think is going to happen, and this is what I would love for, for it willing, to happen. This, this, happen. this would be amazing, but we're still working on it, right? right. And we don't have that plan for sure. I think there's uh, the picture of like people getting into a car, yeah. and you've got to actually take them somewhere, <laughs> right? And you've got to get them into the car. You've got to get the, keep them happy while they're in the car, right. and then actually take them there, get them there safely. Or you get right? a bad Uber rating. <laughs> but the vision piece is seeing where you're going, right? And, right? and actually taking them there. And if if they're waiting in the car too long, then they're going to get disgruntled and they're going to be upset. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to keep things moving. All right. So, Tim, you're going to be starting a podcast. So I'm going to pitch your, this is like the, you know, promoting Tim moment. Tim, you're going to have a leadership podcast. We're going to address leadership things. Yes, sir. And so where are we going to find you? Because let's put you on the spot of like when we're going to be able to go find Tim Chancellor's podcast. Uh, and have you thought of a name yet, by the way? Uh, it's called Serve as a Verb. Serve as a Verb. That All right, so is where, a great where are we going to be able to find Serve as a Verb? 10 out of 10. Uh, and, uh, and talk to us about when that's coming out. So we're, uh, we just did a sneak peek episode, which I'm using to shop around to some guests that I would like to have on the show. Um, the, the, the whole thought process on this is that we're talking about the topics of leadership, service, community, and faith and how those interact. And as we, uh, in our specific spheres of influence, are reaching the age where we are starting to leave and there's a new generation of leaders that's coming up behind us, they're going to be taking our places whether they're ready or not. Right. And so I have had the blessing of being surrounded by incredible people uh, in my life who have taught me so many good things that I didn't even attribute to leadership until I stepped into some of those positions. And they have absolutely been foundational in the way that I interact with the people that I lead. Mm -hmm. And so having those people tell their own stories so that we can pull out those leadership principles and then giving us practical application as to how to apply that Mm -hmm. in the spheres where we lead. That's great. so So that they're telling the story. And it's just being a good steward of this of this wisdom and just passing it on to others because that's how I received it. Yeah. So um, we're we're putting that together now. We're going to start taping this summer. The goal is Are to have season tape? one. That's interesting. Tape uh, huh? recording. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That, yes. was, that was really rude. I, yeah. I, I just couldn't help myself. I was like, who, who uses videotape yeah. right. or recording tape? Hey, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're going to record this summer. The goal is this fall to have season one launched, and then we'll start dropping it. Is this going to be a weekly podcast, a monthly podcast? What are you going to do? So it depends on my time. Yeah. Uh, there may be some uh, movement in my professional uh, job a little bit that Uh-oh. may give me a little bit more time. You're getting promoted? No, 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 not anything like that. But just, just um, there may be a little bit of change there. Okay. So uh, that may allow for a little bit more time. Right. But right now, just kind of thinking season one, 10 episodes. Um, let's kind of see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at about a 30 to 45 minute length. Nice. So if you can get in the car, drive home, that's kind of the... I like it. That thought. Yeah. Because also, hour and a half, two hour podcast, I can't keep up with that. I don't yeah. have enough time for that. Mm-hmm. So, ain't nobody uh, got time for that. Ain't nobody. <laughs> ain't got time to create it. Ain't got time to listen to it. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of the snapshot. And then we'll, we'll see what happens. We're just going to give it to the Lord and, and uh, say, you know, this isn't something we're looking to make any money off of. It is, it is literally just to pass along um, wisdom to build new leaders. So, so, so it's called Serve. 
is, is a, verb. a verb. That's correct. Serve as a verb. If you got like serve as a verb dot com yet, or you can get not it. yet. All right, get on. That. It's available. Yeah. yeah, make sure it's available. Yeah, I probably Hurry need up. to. Yeah. Someone's probably like buying it right now. Last month it was. It, it wasn't in the Apple Podcast. There was nothing named that. So. Okay. All right. All right. Serve as a verb. Now, uh, James, let's get back to you on Taylor Bible Church when we start in this thing. Yeah, September 2023. So this year, just a couple so, months away. So charter service. You got a date on that? That should be the week before, so the 17th. Okay. Uh, so are you, this going to be September. evening thing, so I can come to it. Uh, that's the hope. All right. right now, well, I'm really excited about that. Easier. I will definitely be there. Uh, long time coming for this church plant. Very exciting to see Taylor uh, getting uh, a church of her own. Taylor Bible Church. So go to taylorbible.org mm-hmm. and uh, would love, can't, yeah, any guys could get out there and support you. In fact, you can get a Taylor Bible ch- uh, Church shirt right here. We don't have the form for that yet, but we'll yeah, you're, have to work you on need to, You need to get a, and listen, he made me buy mine, I, which is crazy. I, and so you need to get on James for that. If you want to be a gold member, uh, you, you just donate. If you want to be a gold member, you can buy your shirt for the small price of $1,000 a shirt. All right. No, uh, hey, listen, thanks, you guys, so much for having uh, all you on and just really grateful for that. Hey, if you got any questions for uh, Lieutenant Tim and you want him to come back on the show and tell some really great stories before he starts his own podcast, uh, let us know. We will uh, get Tim back here uh, sharing more about his heart and what's going on in his world. And if you want any more questions for uh, Taylor Bio, Church planner James Foster. We'd love to have uh, him as well. You can just text us 737 2310605. We'll go to pastorplec.com where we do talk faith, culture, and everything in between. Make sure you share, subscribe, uh, and like all the things that you're seeing in front of you wherever you are listening or watching this media. So, from our house to yours, have an awesome week of worship. <laughs>